you may have the busiest inbox in the world. It's slower than a Facebook feed. It's slower than your Twitter feed. It's slower than your Instagram stories. It hangs around longer. I have the ability to save it easier. Email has a longer tail and is easily stored or sorted or prioritized. There is just so much about email that makes it such an effective mode of communication. This is Digital Marketing. Hey, it's Marky Grass here, and I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. So that means that you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. It might sound too good to be true, but trust me, it works. The CEO, Adam Robinson, is brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. That's getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. Hey guys, welcome to Digital Marketer. I'm Mark DeGrasse, host of the podcast. And today we have a very special guest, Richard Lindner. He is the co-founder of Digital Marketer. And he's going to be talking about a new email cert that we have coming up and some of the finer points of email marketing, which if you didn't know, is still very relevant and very important for your overall marketing strategy. Welcome, Richard. Thank you. This is exciting. Great spot. Thank you. Haven't been on the podcast in maybe ever, which is kind of weird. <laughs> I actually, I thought about that because I was looking through all the old episodes. I'm like, we don't actually talk to the founders very often. Yeah, no, I, I don't know if I've ever been on this podcast. That's funny. So yeah, thanks so for having me. We're, we're uh, making the rounds. We're like, hey, you're an owner of the company. You should, you should talk about that. Yeah, I'm not going to say I was getting a complex, but you know, maybe I was getting a complex. <laughs> yeah. When we have, uh, you know, Mark, Susie with a couple clients. And then we're like, now nah, we can, we don't have time for the founders. Yeah. Now, so. Sorry. Uh, we're booked out until next year, but submit your application here. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. I'm glad I finally made it through. Yeah. Well, and we have the, the special setup. So this is the first time we're doing professional video. So mm. you guys can find this on YouTube after we're done with this and awesome. hopefully it turns out awesome. So stay tuned. Cool. So today we're talking about email marketing. So we have our new email marketing certification or renewed email marketing yep. certification coming up. Lots of big changes happening in the industry, in marketing in general, mm -hmm. and really just the mindset behind email versus social media versus all the other channels you could use to, you know, maintain a community, ascend people up the ladder. That's part of all of that. Yeah. Email's kind of a big deal. I mean, our industry, for whatever reason, loves the death of inanimate objects. So there's like the death of email, the death of video, the death of social media. I don't know why everything has to, it's weird. Clickbait. It, it, clickbait. It's great. It is, <laughs> I love it, that. Uh, it is great clickbait. So one, I don't understand why everything needs to die. Two, uh, most of the things that are declared dead are actually alive and well. And email is, is definitely one of those things. I think there's a, it changes, right? I mean, it, it changes, but listen, when Meta or Facebook sends you your Facebook ad receipt, or if they have a super important announcement for you, where do they send that to you through email? They email you. Now, are they also going to like put a notification in app? And are they also going to put a message in messenger? Probably yes. And then they're going to email you, right? So email is an important mode of communication. It's not going anywhere. We have a ton of changes. Like you said, in, in marketing as a whole, things are changing. Things are changing with, well, let's just go at the death of the cookie. Here we are. Again. <laughs> We're just killing or murdering inanimate objects. But the death of the cookie down with third party data. And what we're left with is mail protection or mail privacy protection act from Apple. So as that comes out, then we can no longer track open rates. Mm -hmm. So we could freak out. That's always step one. We always can reserve the right to just completely freak out because something everything's changed. broken. Everything's yeah. something changed. I'm going to shout at clouds. Mm -hmm. You can skip that step, but if not, do that. 
then come back and, and, and pick this back up. Know that everyone's dealing with the same thing. And really the only thing that that's going to change is your email open rates, the ability to track email open rates, which maybe that was a vanity metric. Really, it was a good indication of your ability to write compelling subject lines, mm -hmm. right? So like, just to recap where we're at so far, one, email's not dying. It's not dead. It's still important. Two, it is changing. So it's changing in how we need to approach it from a mindset. Mm -hmm. It's changing in how we need to track it, right? From what we're able to see. But other than that, email is the most effective mode of, of one-to-many communication mm -hmm. out there, right? I mean, you may have the busiest inbox in the world. It's slower than a Facebook feed. It's slower than your Twitter feed. It's slower than your Instagram stories. It hangs around longer. I have the ability to save it easier, right? Email has a longer tail and is easily stored or sorted or prioritized. Like there is just so much about email that makes it such an effective mode of communication. The problem is we got to stop with the 100% content or 100% commercial intent. Mm -hmm. Like the, the whole, I only ask people to buy things or I only give people content. That doesn't work anymore, right? And they're both kind of on the same page. If you only give people content, especially if it's great content, what are you doing? You're overwhelming them. Right. We have to ask, what are we making people feel by our actions? Mm -hmm. Maybe you're validating that you're smart. You know what you're talking about. Maybe you're validating that you understand what they find important, but maybe you're overwhelming them. And that builds up resentment because you've made them feel something they don't want to feel in the same way that if you're sending them a hundred percent offers, then it's that relationship. That's all take no give. Mm -hmm. You're making them feel sold to. You're making them feel uh, one-sided in a relationship. So we've got to look at email and say, one, it's still valid, and two, it's changed. Now what? Right. Now what do we do about it? So I think that's kind of the state of where we're at now. And, and when we, you were talking about the email marketing certification, it's the reason that now was the time to update it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in that certification that, that is still live today. We haven't rolled out that or we're rolling it out now or... I don't know. Timelines are weird. This is in the future. It's connected. It's connected. Super connected. Everything's connected. <laughs> you'll get a link to it. That's, that's uh, you'll have cool. a link to But there's nothing wrong with that content. It's just not, it doesn't acknowledge the, the environment that we're in today. Mm -hmm. So that's why we updated it. We have to acknowledge not only the, the technical uh, constraints, right? We, not only the new rules and regulations, but and we just got on the other side of a pretty major psychological event in this pandemic. Mm -hmm. It's changed everything. It's changed the way we communicate. It's changed the way we interact with real live humans and not real live humans. Right. So why wouldn't that change the way we communicate via email? Well, and I think what you said about the email cert is one of the reasons why we're renewing it is to, you know, double down on this is an important thing. This matters more than ever. When I had my agency, I, I would have to sell my clients on, hey, you need to do email marketing. I would have a client who had a million emails from an e-commerce store that never sent an email campaign. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, slam dunk. We'll send an email. You'll make a million dollars and you'll love me. And the way I usually did it was I, I would say, hey, we got to privatize your following. And you can't privatize your following on Facebook mm -hmm. because they can boot you or they could change the regulations or they could charge more money for everything you do. Same thing with Twitter. You could have an opinion that Twitter doesn't like and then you could get booted. Right. <laughs> and so you can't build your following on one of these social media platforms because organic or paid. Yeah. It's, it's dangerous is what it sure. is. And so well, it's email is O and O, right? It's owned and operated. It's, it's media that we own. It may be on one platform or another. Our database may exist within, within a very specific platform, but we own the contact records. That is first party data. It is owned and operated. We may not be able to participate through, through this email platform, but we could very easily, same day, within minutes, upload that database to a different email platform. And we have the right to contact those people because they're our contacts, right? So the difference between, you can't port your... Twitter followers to Facebook, mm -hmm. 
you can say, well, I'm not doing Twitter anymore. Twitter is throttling me or shut me down. So I'm going to export my Twitter followers and I'm just going to import them to Facebook. And now my Facebook audience is bigger. Like we can't do that. This is owned media. We have owned contacts. So the other thing that just, I really want to start out by saying is the, the dogma between, is it social or is it email? Is it paid or is it organic? Stop. Stop all of that. The answer is yes. Doing email and focusing on email does not mean that you should or are allowed to not focus on social and vice versa. If you focus on social, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't or you're allowed to not focus on email. In addition to not in lieu of, think of it as amplifying what you're already doing. Where it becomes problematic is when you have multiple messages distributed over multiple channels to a shared audience. Mm. That makes you sound, well, crazy. You're shouting at people, telling them different things at the same time. Would you hang out with that person in real life? Entertaining. It would be entertaining. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) after a few adult beverages, if you're far enough away in a social environment and purely crazy people watching. (laughs) Yeah. And you're watching this person be totally illogical and kind of make a fool out of themselves. There's some entertainment value to that. Now there's no commercial value to that. If you are a brand or you're the face of a brand and your Twitter story is saying, or your Twitter feed saying one thing and your, your Instagram story is saying another and your Facebook saying something else. And then email is talking about something completely different or asking your audience to do something completely different. What are we doing? we're shouting simultaneously at the same person with different messages. Uh They don't know what's important. They don't know what we want them to do. And the only thing that we're convincing them is that we're kind of crazy. Well, and that's also make the huge assumption that that your followers are following you on every platform and listening to you on every platform, which is not realistic. Not realistic at all. (laughs) From any sense of the word. And with email, no matter where where these people are, they're still going to have an email account. And yes, and if somebody, even for me, I get 10,000 emails a day, just like everybody else. And I will still open the hustle. Yeah. I'll, I'll look at the list. I'll see all the things that I should be looking at. And I see theirs and I'll still click on it because I want to know what they say mm-hmm. today. And so that's, I think that's the bigger effect where you're not scrolling, you know, through an email feed. I know this coming, it's come, comes every day. I'm going to check it. Yeah. So you hit on two critical things there that I think we're going to talk a lot about in this certification in this update one is consistency you said it at the end as a trailing like i know it's going to be there every day consistency so much about like how we train people and how we get in this is consistency you want to be a great leader start with consistency you want to be a great marketer start with consistency like the the rule of a hundred says if you want to do anything well do it for a hundred times or a hundred days straight Mm -hmm. Part of it is, is consistency. You expect the hustle to show up in your inbox at a certain time every day. When it does it, they followed through on their commitment. You open it. The next commitment is it's going to be good. As long as they follow through on that commitment, it's there when you expect it to be. And it's good when you open it. Even if you don't open it today, doesn't mean you won't open it tomorrow because they did their job, right? So the first thing is consistency, setting expectations, and then living up to those expectations. That's all about indoctrination. Like, so when we're talking about email and, and something we go deep in, in the, the email cert is how do we indoctrinate new subscribers to our brand, right? The easiest way to, to bond with someone, right? To create that common bond, to start to indoctrinate them, to, to build bonding or endearment is to have a common enemy, right? It's easy to have a common, like we have this shared goal. We have these, you know, these, these shared morals or beliefs or whatever. But no matter what it says about human nature or psychology, the fastest thing to build bonding is a common enemy or hatred. It marked, I'm like, you know who, you know who I hate? That guy. And you're like, I hate that guy too. We're now (laughs) now fast friends. Best friends. And and we're going home and saying like, I met this guy today. He's real. Mark, he is so cool. He knows what's up. He also hates Bob. Instant bonding. So. We don't need to create villains, but if a villain exists, as we're indoctrinating people, as new subscribers come on the list, we need to bond by saying, if you are against this thing, I too am against this thing. Oh. Now it's like, they believe what I believe. 
right? Then we can start to set expectations. You're on this list. As a subscriber, here are the things that you can expect from me. Tell them what value looks like. Then tell them the consistency at which you're going to deliver it. That's what the hustle does. If you go back and look at when you subscribe to the hustle, they are very, very good at setting expectations in both the value that they provide and the frequency that they provide it in. Right? That's how we like, that's when commitment matters or consistency matters. When you make a commitment, tell someone you're going to do something mm -hmm. and then you do it, you know, just do it. Sometimes you do it all the time, several times a day, as much as possible or as frequently <laughs> as you say, you're going to do it. Yeah. Well, exactly. Some people, uh, I remember back when I was in the fitness industry, you, I'd subscribed to all the magazines, mm -hmm. like men's fitness or something. And somehow men's fitness had like 10 newsletters. So yeah. it was just like, ping, ping, ping. I think it was every hour I would get something. I'm just like, I don't even know. I don't have time to even review these subject lines. <laughs> back to the, back to the overwhelm. Yeah. Right. So that, that's the overwhelm. Now, if they set that up front and said, here's what we're going to do. Like we're going to, you know, we're Unmarked. going to send you all these emails because we want to, we want to show you all the value we can provide. We have this specific newsletter for men's fitness and this one and this one and this one. So you're going to get them all. Here's what we want you to do. We want you to take a week, maybe two, and decide which one of these do you want? Which ones add the most value? And then we were going to ask you, encourage you to remove yourself from the others. Now that would be asking a lot. There's a much higher probability that that person would be like, I don't remember this. You're sending me a lot of email, unsubscribe. Yeah. Now go back to the hustle. We're going to send you an email a day. Where it's going to be about this. Here is the value you will get. That's the other part of indoctrination. Don't assume that because it's valuable to you and you can clearly say, when I do this, this is the transfer of that value to someone, like mm -hmm. I am sending valuable information and here's how that shows up. You need to tell your subscriber each and every day, I'm going to send you this. It's going to be this type of information and here's why that's going to be important or valuable to you because you care about this and I know you. Mm -hmm. Now the difference is, and the same with the hustle, you're like, I look for it every day. I know it's there. I open it. I read it. If, if the hustle started sending you stuff that you weren't interested in or that was different than what they promised, right? If yeah, they started covering celebrity gossip and you were opening it, how many would you open before you're like, this, it's still coming every day. Step one, consistency. Step two, value. Mm -hmm. I know, I don't. I don't see value in celebrity gossip every day. Mm -hmm. like, let's be honest. Maybe occasionally you're like, that was something jailers back with Ben. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I need more information. I need more. I need to know more <laughs> about that. How did this happen? I don't need a daily digest, right? I don't need a daily digest and you change without resetting expectations. So the hustle one sets amazing expectations, not only in the frequency, but in the content and how you should receive value from that content. They don't leave that up to you to, to connect the dots. Mm -hmm. We're going to send you this type of information. This is why this is beneficial to you. Here's what you should do with it. Oh, okay. So when it comes, if it comes when it says it was going to, you, it's the type of information you said, and you receive the value that they told you, then yeah, that's a successful transaction mm -hmm. each and every day. Well, on top of the fact that since I understand those two points are happening and I know the hustle knows what's up mm -hmm. now, it, uh, it almost flips because it says, okay, it was in the hustle. This must be important. Like right. I didn't know it was important. Yeah. And now you told me and I trust you because you always know what's important. Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to listen to it and now I'm going to tell other people it's important. That's that. the other one. It, it's status elevating. Mm -hmm. So for the hustle, right? A lot of the hustle or the morning brew or a lot of those that are, that kind of handle whether it's financial trends or, you know, kind of what's happening right now in news, in business, in, you know, tech. investing in tech, they have a couple of things. One, they tell you what's important. So you don't have to do the level of research that they do. Two, they give you an elevated uh, status because you can then take that and sound smarter at cocktail parties. And when you're talking to your friends, like that is an indirect benefit. We can all pretend that it doesn't happen. But you know that you feel a little bit better about the morning brew or the hustle or someplace else. When you read an article that morning, you're at a lunch or a, or a party that night, you regurgitate it and everyone's like, holy crap, that is so smart. And they're engaging with you and a crowd is building. 
and all you did was read an article that someone sent you to your newsletter, that's the value prop. They don't say that because that's vain, right? Yeah, they don't want to acknowledge say, like, like, this is why I right, that. Right. But it is true. It's going to be status elevating that you know this. Mm -hmm. So they understand the value prop. It's consistent. It's, it is value delivered straight to your inbox. And that's where I think we're missing. Mm. And it's where you saw the, I'm glad you brought up the hustle because we saw like the hustle has been around forever. Sam Parr, you know, Austinite, great guy. We've had him out to the offices. We've known Sam. He's spoken on traffic conversion summit stages. He's done different AMAs and stuff for digital marketer, uh, friend of the brand, and just one of the smartest humans, period. Like love Sam. He was doing this for a very long time, right? We saw in 2019, like the explosion of the email newsletter. I mean, it went mm -hmm. crazy. It was like a podcast. Yeah. Everyone was starting an email newsletter and it, the epiphany and the, the, the crazy kind of, if you step back and look at it, the, what was almost absurd about that is it's being positioned as something new. Like, yeah. have you heard about email newsletters? Like I did in like the nineties <laughs> and before 2001, right? It's like a print newsletter, but via email, I got it. It's a list of information. Yeah. <laughs> and then they went away and then they kind of exploded back on the scene. And you saw rapid consumption of them, and especially through, you know, the, the early stages of the pandemic, right? Rapid consumption of them. And then they kind of went away, except for the ones that had gotten started first mm -hmm. and the ones that had built massive subscriber bases with massive engagement because of overload. Mm -hmm. Like how many, how many people like the hustle do you need to read an email a day from before you can't retain any of it? Right? So. I love the newsletter. It is value in the inbox. What we have to answer today or now for where we're at now mm -hmm. is how much value, how much content, how frequently is it daily or is it weekly? Is it, is it kind of the, are you an aggregator mm -hmm. and linking out to other people's stuff? Or are you basically creating your own editorial content and only displaying that only sharing that? Are you sharing your, your social feeds, like there are so many things to ask when we're, when we are creating newsletters, right? Mm -hmm. And the first one is, do I need to create a newsletter to add value via email? Mm -hmm. You may be overcomplicating. What if you just sent valuable content through email, Thank right? You. We got to do that. That's the biggest thing today. I, we talked a little bit about the mix between content emails mm -hmm. and promotional or commercial yes. emails. I think that's the, that's usually the sticking point is people see only see one or they see the other. Right. And they don't really realize that they're, how know, do they work together? How do they work together and how do they work apart? You know, yeah. it's, it's, and people usually, when you say, Hey, you need to do email marketing, they instantly go to spam. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I don't want to spam my customers. I, I used to get that, that all the time. Yeah. It's like, it's not spamming your customers. They bought something from, they, they gave, like you. It's called permission based <laughs> marketing because they gave you permission. Yep. Spam means you're sending emails to people that you don't have permission to. So let's, let's clear that up once and for all. Mm -hmm. Spamming is wrong. Email marketing is not spam. It is spam. If you send email to people that you don't have permission to send email mm -hmm. to. So there you go. Don't do that. Well, just for new marketers, you cannot buy an email list of a million people and expect it to do anything other than get your domain banned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you'll get kicked off uh, your email platform and uh, your domain will be banned. Yes. Yeah, blacklisted. And, and, you know, there are ways around it. You could set up a dummy domain. You could I set up a dummy. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying I ever did this for customers, <laughs> but they asked, so I found the answers. Yeah. And even in that situation, it's not going to be effective. Yeah, look, there are there are always ways to clean email lists, you know, and, and I prefer talk about it in the context of I've got a list that I haven't emailed in a while, mm -hmm. right? Like almost a dead list, an inactive list versus I bought this CD-ROM off of, of a million people and I'm just, <laughs> I really want to email them. But there are, there are definitely ways to clean your email list that one, you send them valuable stuff that reminds them who you are and why. Um, your contact them why you haven't, right? You have a human conversation mm -hmm. with them Two, You say, Hey, if you're, if you're still interested in, in this, then I'm recommitting to sending updated, valuable content and crazy, you know, valuable offers and deals this frequently. But if not click right here, I'll never email you again. Mm -hmm. Right? So we start there then we have an offer to get them to opt in to receive a, a freemium or a gift that then not only are people engaged, but you're building them over into a fresh clean list. And, and that's just a process of 
reactivating an inactive list, someone mm-hmm. that you haven't, you, you know, if your database is sat there unmailed for a little while, that's fine. But buying lists and stuff, it's just not worth it. All of your effort is going to be spent on kind of shady stuff. Yeah, like tricking. People. Yeah, staying unbanned and warning IP addresses and having multiple accounts. So, cause you know, this one's going to get shut down. So where are you going to go? If you spent that effort in actually building a list the right way, it would probably cost less money. Mm-hmm. And you would build people, a list of people that actually know who you are. Didn't just, not people just got tricked into open. So yeah. they're far more valuable. And, and really when we think of the customer value journey, it's really hard to start the customer value journey with, well, I bought a list of people and I sent them an email. They didn't know me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really sure if they wanted what I was talking about uh, or interested in. So I wouldn't do that. But what we, all of the stuff that we've been talking about in, in, in email and like the content no matter what you decide on promotional versus content, no matter what you decide on single article content or aggregated content from other places or a ton of content from an editorial process that you own, Mm -hmm. we have to make sure that we are not just sending stuff to people and assuming they will understand why they should value it. You said it, and I love this because you're just saying stuff that validates everything I believe Mm -hmm. and making this so much easier for me. If the hustle sends me an email, I know what they're talking about is important. They've become an authority. They've become a trusted authority. That's what, what we have to aspire to do. We, the way we become an authority is one, when we get people on the list, we indoctrinate them. And there is a process for that. We can go deep into that. It's, it's, there's an entire section in the email marketing cert that just walks you through a step-by-step indoctrination process. But after indoctrination, we have to remember that no one's sitting there going, you know what? I have not received an email from digital marketer today. I wonder if Ryan is okay. We're not that important in our, in our subscribers lives, just period. Even when you think of your number one subscriber, like that person that either I has don't had, know. we have some pretty hardcore subscribers, do, but no <laughs> one ever in the history of time has ever emailed customer support and said, just checking on you. Haven't received an email today. Are you okay? One digital marketer may or may not be on the higher end of volume senders. But two, we are not that important. We may be important enough for them to open the email when they get it, but not to notice when they don't, right? So that being said, are they truly going to remember why something is valuable, why they should care? I think we got lazy. I think third-party cookies and, and all the way that we were able to just hone in on targeting as marketers mm-hmm. through outside apps and Facebook and, and all these other ad platforms, it made us lazy marketers. We could target down to such a specific avatar with demographic information, activity information that we didn't really have to present a compelling offer. We didn't have to actually market that well. We could target to overcome poor marketing. Then we built a list of people that were hyper-targeted. Well, guess what? That's harder now. Market better. What does that look like? It, it looks like not asking them to connect the dots. Every email you send a customer, whether it has commercial intent, whether you're asking them to buy something, or whether it's content distribution, either tells that person that you understand them and you add value to them or the opposite. Period. If you're sending them content that's valuable to you and you don't tell them why they should care about the content, they go, I don't care about this. You just validated that maybe they should unsubscribe. If you send them the same content, but like you just explain why they should care, which I believe the hustle does very, very well. It's not just a list of stuff and, and like go nuts, Mark, click around. I hope you click. Yeah, I hope you click. (laughs) It's not just do this because we said so it's here's why this matters and why it should be important to you. That is kind of our job as email marketers. Tell the story. Make sure they understand. This is why it's valuable. This is why you should care about this. You're buying their time one way or another, mm-hmm. right? How do you do that? You do that through storytelling. You do that through, I mean, just the basic common decency of saying, I'm sending you because of this. Like I'm sending you this piece because this happened. You should care for this reason. I think this does a great job at kind of setting the stage. That cements the fact that I understand this is valuable. I wouldn't have known about this if digital marketer didn't send this to me. The hustle didn't send this to me. It could have 
a positive effect or a negative effect on my life. Mm -hmm. I understand that value. I wouldn't have known about this. It could be way better or it could be way worse if I didn't know about it, but now I do. They sent it to me. Therefore, they, whoever the hell they are, is good. They're good. They're valuable. They're an authority. We got to do that. Now, how do we do that when we're talking about asking them for money? We can start with content that primes why they should care about the problem or the opportunity. So give them a little content, like warm them up first, right? Primer content with that, that delivers content around either the opportunity or the threat that you're going to be solving, right? And I know that you're thinking like, oh, well, that makes sense in marketing training. Well, summer's coming up. Yeah. You know what a problem is? We're all about to be in bathing suits. For most of us, and let's be honest, you're incredibly fit. And that makes me uh, like you less. <laughs> I don't know. My I, wife too, for some reason. Yeah, well, you're incredibly <laughs> fit. Um, people don't like people like you. You know, fit people. Does it make you feel better that I don't actually work out? I don't think you want me to answer how that <laughs> makes me feel, Mark. This is just uh, genetics. Yeah, that's awesome. It's just a gift. Um, by the way, there's a little, hey. <laughs> We're making some, some slashes. Just at the top level. <laughs> top level. Oh, it only affects people named Mark. It's weird. Oh, no, I, I meant to say I work out for six <laughs> hours a day. No, but I, I'm vegan. Yeah, all the things. I do all the things. We all have problems that we solve, right? It doesn't have to be that you're not ready to put on a bathing suit because you got to, you know, you're carrying that like holiday weight forward all the way through the first quarter. COVID weight. Right. Or the COVID <laughs> weight or the, I can't come up with an excuse. I just didn't make good decisions weight. Maybe it's your bathing suit is old, mm-hmm. right? If you're selling bathing suits or you're selling fitness, like there is an opportunity. Hey, Mark, like going to the beach, want to make sure that not only uh, are people like checking out your six pack abs, but they're like, where'd you get that suit? Like. Don't wear boring old stuff, faded stuff. Like we got this and it's stretchy and all the other good things. Like, well, let's build up. Maybe there's some like bacteria that exists in, in bathing suits after so long. I don't know. (laughs) Well, there's an opportunity for con. Like, let me give you all the reasons, both from a vanity, from, you know, status elevation, from safety, from just, let me give you content in and around why old bathing suits are, are dangerous and embarrassing Mm -hmm. and if i build up to that and then i just happen to have a sale on bathing suits or it's not a sale i happen to release our new line of bathing suits we've now built up some content and kind of given they've started thinking how old is my bathing suit do i have i done that in a while does it even fit anymore so we've we've started to have start a conversation with them in their mind Mm -hmm. then when we provide a solution we're amazing. We were reading their mind or we just go flash sale. Everything's on sale. Better hurry, better hurry. Mark that flash sales ending. Mark, have you gotten your thing? You should get two things. The flash sale is ending Mark. Holy crap. We could do that if we build a little bit more collateral in the, why is this important? But we've all gotten so lazy that we just go straight to that. Well, well, I think it's the easiest solution when people think like, well, send an email for promo. People buy, I'll be great. Whereas it, most industries, you know, we're talking a lot about retail, but most industries like a realtor, mm-hmm. how many times a year do you buy a house? Most people, zero, zero houses are bought, <laughs> maybe in two to three years. Seven to 10. Yeah, is, seven to 10. Kind of your, it's kind of your average. There you Every go. seven years you're going to move. But the, a realtor can't say, hey, I have a house for sale. I have a house for sale. That's not going to make any nope. effect. But what will have an effect is, hey, I'm giving you good information about taking care of your house how to improve your lawn. Hey, your roof shingles are falling off because it was windy last week and now you're connecting and now you're adding value, adding value, but you're also just the impressions of that. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say, Hey, do you need Time to sell to your house? house? Yeah. Oh, I've seen Cindy. She sent me an email every week and I actually use some of the tips. Like I trust her just because she's been around. Or your friend says, we're thinking about selling. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The and you go, Hey, do you know Cindy? Right. I love that example. I love, I love the, the duration between sale of a real estate agent, because it is great. How do you maintain authority? How do you stay top of mind, but also how do you monetize it? Right. If you're a real estate agent, how do you make sure that you're not just sending emails that are, that are bonding and, and content and valuable, but along the way you can monetize that. There are so many things, like so many referrals. 
what needs to happen? Hey, roof inspection. Here's a list of three people I recommend. You can have on there like, note, like these are vetted and I trust them, but I also may receive a referral if they come through, right? Hey, gutters. Hey, carpet steam cleaning. Hey, all the things that could be seasonal. It's time to change your air filters. Did you know if you go to this company right here, you can set up quarterly air filter delivery so that not only do you have them when you need them, but when they show up, you know it's time to change them? Valuable that leads to commerce, value to commerce. Here's it is it is time to do this, Mark. You can take your happy butt to Lowe's or Home Depot and buy you an air filter and install it, and I get nothing. Or you can order this company and set it up. And then every time it comes in, not only are you gonna be grateful that you don't need to jump in the car and go to Lowe's or Hub Depot, you're also gonna think of Cindy because uh-huh. she added value. Maybe she got a little commission, who cares? Less benefit than you got from the hassle of not having to forget. So how do we improve people's lives and remind them of the value constantly, even when we're sending them content, even when we're sending them commercial intent, buy, buy, buy. Mm-hmm. That's what we got to figure out, right? Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. You actually mentioned the customer value journey and anybody who's heard me talk, I think every single episode I mentioned the customer value journey. <laughs> and I think for, for marketers, they think like, okay, here's email. I'm going to do email marketing. Now that's my thing. I'm going to push it. I'm going to do all these things, but email marketing by itself, just like a website by itself or social media by itself or SEO by itself is not going to be very useful. I mean, it'll work. It'll work once or twice, or maybe it'll work all the time, but in the end of it, what's going to be more effective is if you take that one tool and you plug it into a system, mm-hmm. our system being the customer value journey. So for email marketing, where do you kind of see that function fitting within the eight stage framework, which I've, you know, I beat people to death with it. Yeah. On, yeah. On so here's a little bit of uh, trivia for you. The customer value journey was introduced as a framework at digital marketer for the first time with the very first email marketing certification. It was the unifying framework that explained the value or purpose of email. Email kind of does it all. Like, what's the goal of email? A a lot. Depends on the type of email you're sending. Well, that's a really bad answer. So when I was putting together the very first email marketing certification, the way that I was able to communicate the goal of email was to introduce the customer value journey and say the goal of email is to expedite a prospect's move through each stage of the customer value journey, right? Each and every stage. So someone becomes aware that you exist. Uh, you can make people aware with email through referrals and, and, you know, other methods. Then, you know, they engage with your content. Well, you can send subscribers emails that are already subscribers to get them to engage with your content. Then they subscribe. Well, if they're engaging with that content, you can lead to a subscription, or you can send an email to someone who's already on your list and get them to join another list or sub list. That's what we've got to start doing now, today, with not only the the tracking issues and the cookie issues, but the the third party data issues. We need to build really deep first party data, and the way that we can do that is by asking people to either give us more information or to to opt in, even if they've already opt in, opted in, and now know what they're interested in right now. 
right? But so there's the subscribe. Well, if someone's subscribed to your list and there's something relevant that they should buy, well, you can send them emails to get them to buy it. You can send them emails to get them to consume what they've bought and get excited. You can send them emails to get them to ascend. Mm -hmm. People who have ascended and are excited, you can send them emails to become advocates of your brand. And people who you see advocating for your brand, you can send them emails to get them to sign up to be a, a promoter, whether it's an affiliate or a referral partner. Email works at every single stage of the customer value journey. Email should expedite every single stage of the customer value journey. It owns no stages of the customer value journey, right? Mm -hmm. None of them. It's the ultimate assist. Whether it's email or social, we're not talking attribution because that's an argument for, but I don't know, other people. It's not a fun argument when you're trying to argue attribution, but when you've got email at the, the convert stage and you're also to the degree that you can still retarget, you're sending them YouTube videos that are relevant to the email and they're seeing display ads in Google that are relevant to the email and their newsfeed is seeing information from you that's relevant to the email, all pointing them back from the subscribe to the convert phase. There you go. I'm solved. Problem solved, right? So the role of email is to expedite each and every stage of the, the customer value journey. It's, it's the way that the customer value journey was introduced into digital marketing. That's fantastic. I did know that, but that was a good thing. Oh, likely. <laughs> No, and if uh, you know you're a listener and you're like, I've never experienced this because maybe you don't shop online. Richard and I both have wives who do shop online. I shop online. Uh, oh, online. you shop? Yeah, you shop online. online. I I wear this shirt for five years. But anyways, <laughs> you very seen, good. Evan. Well, I've seen like with my wife, she'll she'll get something and then she'll get like eight things related to it. And I'm like, how did this happen? Was she just looking for more stuff to buy? Mm -hmm. And no, it's this process of a drip campaign where it's like, hey, you bought this thing. Did you know there's an accessory to it? Yeah. Did you know there's a warranty plan for it? Did you know we could replace it in a year if you just ask us to? And then boom, 50 boxes on your doorstep. Yep. So I think that's, if people need proof <laughs> that email marketing and even the stages work, you're probably experiencing it. Absolutely. Well, and look, there's a large percentage of the population that has the collector gene, mm. right? So I wear about one shirt as well. The difference is, when I find that shirt, I go, I wonder how many colors this shirt comes in. And it's, you know, men's shirt. So it's usually pretty basic. It's yeah. uh, black, gray. Uh, blue, <laughs> gray, maybe white and tan, yeah. but that usually hits the spectrum. So what I do is I buy all of them. Makes sense. If it's a shirt, if shoes, whatever, I, I have that collector gene, but then it moves past the one item and it's like, I like this brand. <laughs> and if they do a good job at following up, I'm going to do a good job at ascending quickly. So I don't, I think for you saying like my, my wife will go there. That's me. I'll go there. <laughs> Richard. My, my wife's the one going like, what is happening? <laughs> I noticed that you got one shirt and now I noticed that there are 50 boxes from that company on there uh, on the porch. Like what is happening? It is two things. Like one, they clearly articulated their value. I trusted them enough to make a transaction. They fulfilled on that transaction at or above my expectations. They followed up and gave me the opportunity to experience that again. They made sure that I knew that it wasn't just like, congratulations, your shirts arrived. That's crappy. That's not a good <laughs> follow-up. Like, tell me how like tomorrow is going to be the most comfortable day uh, you've ever had. It's going to feel like you were in pajamas. Mm -hmm. If you send me that after I buy a stretchy shirt and I wear it tomorrow, and I'm like, this was the most comfortable day I've had outside of pajamas. I'm restating what they just told me. But what just happened? They told me how I would experience value and what it would feel like. Then it happened. And then I bought that shirt in every color. Mm -hmm. Shirt, pants, shoes, obviously. Well, okay, I was going to say that. They but say, maybe it's, you know, it's, it's computer, it's software. It's, it doesn't matter what it is. Oh, I'll tell you something else that we get on our doorstep all the time. Cause we have chickens. Mm -hmm. I mentioned lots of chickens at my house mm -hmm. and it went from like a chicken bowl feeder thing. Then it was a heater for the, or the uh, new chicks. And then it was a new coop thing, cage, and then it was new light. And then it was bigger coops because the chickens get bigger. So you need bigger coops. That makes sense. And it's just this, this line of gear that's all super necessary and helpful, but yeah, it all came from like yeah. a chicken. And, and here's, here's the moral of this story. At the end of the day, 
We hate to be sold to. We love to buy. There is a chemical cocktail that hits our brain, that makes us happy when we buy. As marketers, that should make our job way easier. It does. Way easier. Here's what that, explain the value that you add to someone's life. Ask them if they would like to experience that value. If they say yes, deliver that value. If you don't, make it right. If you do, ask them if they would like to do that again. Now, that's a pretty damn good formula for not only just copy, but a follow-up series, a drip campaign. We all ascend because it's like, wow, that was really good. That person did what they said. This shirt's softer than I thought, right? That golf club hit it further than I thought I would. And it was a pleasant That restaurant was an amazing experience, and they followed up with me afterwards. Mm -hmm. Deliver, like, identify the value you add. Ask them if they would like to experience it. Deliver it. Ask them if they want to do it again. If they don't fix it, if they do offer it to them, if they don't right now, offer it to them again later after you've told them a new way that they could have that, that experience or that value, right? Well, and if you're, if you're a marketer and you think like this is some nefarious process that you're going through to trick people into buying more and more and more, I always refer back to, I'm always looking at like, why is it behavior a certain way it is? We've developed over half a million years or so. And I think, I forget the author that talked about it, but he actually talked about, we came from hunter gatherers, right? right? And gathering is a process of identifying useful things to make your life last longer and hopefully better. And shopping is that same thing. Yeah. It, it's literally why we're successful as a species. You don't have to feel bad about it. It's just helping people out with something that you innately, instinctually have to do. Look, persuasion is a tool. Like persuasion can neither be good or bad. It's like an emotion. Yeah. Fear can neither be good or bad. It's just fear. Our reaction to fear, right? Our reaction to anger, our reaction to whatever can be good or bad. Persuasion is a tool. How you use it can be good or bad. We persuade people to do things that are good for them all the time. If you're a parent, you persuade and maybe command your children not to eat gummy bears for dinner every night. You persuade them to have some sort of vitamins by putting them in tasty gummies in the morning, right? We persuade people to do things that are good for them all the time. If your product or service is good for your ideal customer, you should not feel bad at all about persuading them to do it. If you charge a fair price and you add value, then persuasion is persuading someone to make their life better. I'm fine with that. Persuade away. Now, if you're tricking someone, if you sell something that's junk, if it's unimaginably overpriced, if you're going to steal their credit card, then you should just feel bad anyway. Persuasion is like way down on the list on the number <laughs> These of people things are you should care. feel bad about. And you're not <laughs> probably listening to this podcast. Yes. So I, I do think the stigma of selling should go away. The, the stigma against persuading, persu you're persuading people to do things that are going to improve their lives. Mm -hmm. That should be something that um, is honorable. That should be something that you take pride in. And not aspire that to. About. Yeah, aspire to do that. Because if you measure it, you can measure it in sales. That's an easy way to keep score. But you can measure it in transformations. You can measure it in, in customer stories. And those customer stories can be played back. And if you hear them, you hear the story of how you were the guide. You were the facilitator, you were the vehicle that someone used to improve their average day, their average week, their average month, their average year to, you know, to change their life, to change their business, to whatever, then that should just be fuel to get you to persuade more people to have that same experience or better. Mm -hmm. So you're the catalyst of, uh, change. change. Yes. Change. Right. If you, if you know who you serve and you know how you serve them, it is your role to serve as many of them as humanly possible and change as many lives as humanly possible. Well, I think we, I think we covered it. I think if you want to change the world, send email, email, email market. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I, I think you, That's uh, the answer. I think you, you, you sum that up quite nicely. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Like we said many times, we have the email certification coming out and that's going to be a fantastic, it's already a good email certification, but this is, you know, the next level. 
And I think the timing is uh, just amazing in terms of how valuable it could be for marketers mm -hmm. and for people who are just coming into the industry and want a better understanding of why they should be email marketing and how to do it yep. right. We're going to walk you through this certification of, of all the different types of emails, right? You're going to understand every different type of email, when to send it. We're going to start back at the beginning and we start with how do you build an email list? We're going to do some teardowns and, and tell you different lead capture mechanisms and, and different lead magnets and how to build them and which ones are the best for which brand and, and how to build those email lists and then how to indoctrinate them and how to build promotional calendars. And we're going to dive into how to write email copy and how to track the results. So if you want to go all in on email or if you just want to understand how to create an email strategy or how to track the strategy that someone is deploying within your company, this is where you need to be. You go through this email marketing certification, you will understand email, not just conceptually of all time, but email today, right? If you need to update your email strategy, this is what to do. If you need to understand how to create a brand new one, this is what to do, right? If you need to understand or give your team a, a growth path to understanding or mastering email, I believe that this is the course, the mastery course and the certification that they should go through. That's fantastic. Well, like everything else that we talk about, you can find all that information on digitalmarketer.com. If people want to find out more about you or have you as an awesome guest, like I did on the podcast, mm. where could they find more information? Richardlindner.com, Richard, L-I-N-D-N-E-R.com, or find me on LinkedIn, digitalmarketer.com. I'm sure there's some way from there to me. You uh, have a bio page on the faculty. I have a bio page on the faculty. Also, Mark built my personal website, so he so knows that's amazing. probably that one as well, but email. Make sure that that you you're using it. You know, I'd love to talk on your podcast or or speak at your event or whatever. But really, what I'd love you to do is figure out how to use it and how to do it the right way for right now. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want more content like this, go ahead and tune in next time. We're shooting two to six of these a week, so there's new content all the time. And subscribe if you want to keep up to date. See you next time. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.